Good morning, my relatives. This is Mark Charles. It is um, Thursday morning, March 23rd, sitting here with my second cup of coffee. And I am thrilled because this morning over my second cup of coffee, I'm going to have a conversation with Sarah Augustine. I have known Sarah Augustine for a number of years. I've had the the absolute honor of writing the foreword for her, um, her previous book, The Land Is Not Empty. And uh, she is doing some tremendous work regarding not just writing and educating about the Doctrine of Discovery, but doing very proactive work to dismantle it. Um, and we're going to talk about the work she's doing, the writing that she's doing, and uh, have a really good conversation. And after this is over, we're going to jump over to my Patreon. And on my Patreon site, we're going to do a more in-depth Q&A where um, uh, people who are on the Q&A with us can ask questions of Sarah directly. So, um, but before I begin, let me just do as I always do, which is acknowledge I'm speaking to you from what's now called Washington, D.C. These are the traditional lands of the Piscataway, and I want to honor the Piscataway as the hosts of the lands where I'm living. I want to thank the Piscataway for their stewardship of these lands, and I want to just state how humbled I am to be living on these lands today. So uh, before we go any further, let me bring Sarah on and uh, welcome her into my second cup of coffee. So Sarah, it's so good to see you. Thank you for joining early from uh, uh, Washington State this morning. So good to see you. It's a pleasure to be here. And I'll also, just like you, Mark, just um, share that I am on the the homelands of the confederated bands and tribes of the Yakima nation, the Yakima Indian reservation. And I'm here living as a neighbor and as a guest on these lands. And so very grateful to, to be living here um, in this beautiful place, unceded territory that has never been out of the, the direct stewardship of the Yakima people. Well, thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you for, uh, being here today and thank you for uh honoring the yakima people i've had some a chance to be on the yakima reservation a few times and you're right it is beautiful um i i love the land down there and i've had a chance to meet many of the yakima people and uh very very blessed for the time that i was able to spend there i think that was before i knew you uh when i was down there with the wajisa Fry fried bread conference along quite a while ago but um there is so much to talk about. I realize it was, it's been a year, I think, since you were a guest on my second cup of coffee with me. And it was right after your book came out, a book that I still recommend very highly wherever I go. The Land is Not Empty. Um, and uh, you wrote this book, and I know it's been doing fairly well. You've been, as I even looked at your bio preparing for this uh, interview, <laughs> you, you're doing a lot more stuff than you were even a few years ago. You're, you're very engaged in some conversations. You were just on um, uh, a forum with ASU about a couple weeks ago. You're doing some tremendous work with your coalition to dismantle the doctrine of discovery. And you're writing a third, a second book. So I would love to discuss all of these things, but um, anyway, you want to more specifically introduce yourself before we go into this conversation. Yeah, well, thank you, Mark. Yes, I mean, I think it's a little bit confusing because I'm a native lady living off my own place. So while I live in the Yakima lands, I'm actually um, a Tewa woman. So from the area, the territory that's um, now called Northern New Mexico, so the Tewa lands. And so, um, so I have a little bit of a strange um, uh, path there, as many of us do in our diaspora of our current um, 
our current society that we are all enmeshed in. And so I'm living here in the North Country um, and thinking of and longing of my own home territory down south. So yeah. yeah. Um, well, first of all, I have to ask how how is on how is um, the land is not empty doing? Like how are sales? How is the dialogue? You were hoping to start with that book. <laughs> It's now been out for a couple years, I think, or a little yeah. over a year. But how is it? How has it been going? Do you are you pleased with what you're seeing with the the land is not empty? Yeah, thanks for asking. Um, so I I one of the things I guess I will say about that is that the reason I wrote the book um, in the first place is because I I would go all over the country in the world and talk about the doctrine of discovery and the and the 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 movement for the rights of indigenous people. And, um, and it felt like I was just saying, I was saying the 101 every time, you know, it's like giving the introduction to the topic over and over. And I wanted to move beyond the 101. So I thought, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna write this book and it's gonna be a good tool to organize people. And I think that's been true. I, I, I do believe um, in the groups that, in the circles that I am in, it has moved the conversation forward. And I've seen a lot of just more, receptivity to dialogue and deeper conversation as a result of that. Yeah. So in our coalition, we, our purpose is to actually dismantle the doctrine of discovery in the culture and also in the law, um, the law which creates the rules of reality um, for indigenous peoples in this country, those rules being to remove indigenous peoples from their lands, continuous rules <laughs> since since the writing of the constitution yeah. to remove indigenous peoples from their lands. So, um, so in the coalition, we're doing a lot of work organizing Christians to, to dismantle um, at the cultural level within the church and also within our country in the legal system. And so there's, I think the book has been really helpful for that. Um, I've, I'll be honest with you though, Mark, I get tired. I'm on the road a lot of the time. I know you are too. And so I get a, I'm a little bit like, oh, my spirit is willing, but my body wants to go on vacation. So, um, so yeah, yeah. I spent a lot of time doing that. And so I've been, I've been felt really blessed and, um, so thankful for, for the receptivity of the church to hear this message. And I do think that there have been you know, the circles that I came out of have been Mennonite by um, tradition. And so I, I believe there's been quite an opening in the Mennonite context and also um, have been invited into relationship, deeper relationship and working in Episcopal circles as well and in Methodist circles and in other main lines. So um, that has felt really good too. Thank you. Yeah. For that. Yeah. Well, you know, everywhere I go, I travel with a few books besides my own. I always bring a few books to show people about other works and other authors that are um, engaging in these topics. And your book is one of the books that travels with me regularly. Like I take it with me, I endorse it, and I share it with almost every audience I speak to. And there's always a bunch of people who will come up and take a picture of your book because they want to buy it and make sure they don't get the title wrong or something. So, yeah, it, it's been very it's been a great tool for me, even as I am out traveling and trying to show people, hey, there's a lot of people doing this work and engaging in this conversation. And your book is always very well received. So I'm so grateful that you wrote it. And uh, I'm 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 also very honored to tell people I was asked to and to write the forward for this book, and mm -hmm. you know I, I wholeheartedly endorse it. So it's good to hear it, it that it allows you to go deeper with your audiences that you were craving to do. 
Um, you're also one of the more prominent things in your bio right now is that you are both the founder and um, the the director of the coalition to dismantle on dismantling the doctrine of discovery. Mm-hmm. And um, I I know that you're very involved with that work and that you're getting inserted into a lot of conversations. You were just at a at a forum or a conference at ASU a few weeks ago uh, regarding um, the 200th anniversary of uh, Johnson v. McIntosh. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm curious, you know, what, tell us a little bit more about this coalition and the work you're doing there and what is the vision and the goal of that organization? You bet. So, so um, the Coalition to Dismantle the Doctrine of Discovery was established in 2014 and it was really um, sort of a, a bossy native lady, me, um, and a couple of friends trying to figure out how we could move the conversation beyond the, um, the symbolic. How do we get beyond just um, a symbolic conversation where when we say we're standing in solidarity, we mean that in a symbolic way? How do we actually put our bodies and our lives um, side by side with Native communities and Indigenous communities around the world that are facing um, structural violence today in the United States and around the world for the purpose of resource extraction. So resource extraction has has been our focus. And um, that is to say for uh, minerals and also oil and gas, um, uranium, um, even hydropower, um, all of those resources, um, I shouldn't say all, but often resources are extracted in indigenous communities and um, has deep and profound impacts, often um, profound health impacts on indigenous communities. So, so that's how we got started. And what we, we do is we work um, within the church to call on the church as the beneficiaries of the doctrine of discovery to get engaged in dismantling it. And we really work on two levels. We have work that we do in the culture um, so um, we do educational materials and training, but also we produced a documentary and a play that's toured the United States and Canada that's called We Own This Now, a board game. Um, we have a group working on a playlist, so we're doing music too, so uh, across the culture. And then in the structural work, we work directly with Indigenous communities who are in the struggle now supporting them and and resourcing them and also just standing side by side in those indigenous people's struggles. So um, we've worked with folks um, in in the Mayan context in the Yucatan Peninsula in Mexico, also um, with the Stronghold Apache at Oak Flat, um, with the Dakota people and their land recovery project. Um, and um, let's see, uh, we've also worked with the Wayana people, um, which is in the area that I've worked in for many years in the, the northern area of South America, the Mosquito people in um, Honduras and Nicaragua. And so that work is really addressing um, laws and policies that are endangering indigenous people. Yeah. Tell me just a moment about the board game. <laughs> I know, I know, right? Oh my gosh, that was so cool. I know. So the way the coalition works, Mark, the way the coalition works is that all are welcome. Come and be a part of the coalition. It's primarily volunteers. And so if you have an idea and you have the energy to pursue it and we can try and get other volunteers to 
coalesce around it, um, then, you know, it's kind of like, what do we have to do? We, we really believe, or I really believe, and I know my colleagues do too, that it's going to take all of us yeah. trying everything to, to, to get this done. I mean, you know, this is a big problem. It's a very big um, issue that, that runs through every one of our institutions in this country and in many institutions across the world. So anyway, there was a group who said, hey, you know, they, they had, uh, they knew about the Settlers of Catan. Do you, I don't know if you're familiar with that game. There's some people that are into gaming. Okay. And so, um, so they created a DDOD, like Dismantling Doctor of Discovery version of Catan that, you, that anybody who plays that game could just take it and use it. Wow. And so, that, but then they thought we should do a real game that's our own. So they they raised the money, they got in, in touch with a board game production company and together started to figure out, you know, what are what's the value we want to convey? Um, how do we get people thinking about this on a level that's not just like going to, to Sunday school? You know what I mean? Wow. An hour and you're gonna, but actually it's part of your life. You're you're subliminally learning and sort of taking on the responsibility. And so, yeah, I mean, it's very cool and it's been very deep. I think, I mean, the game is going to be released sometime this year and it's just been cool. And the great thing about working in a coalition is that no one person has a big enough imagination to know everything that could happen. Yeah. So all of these creative people working together <clears throat> across all these different things, it's like, yeah, I mean, I, I tell you, Mark, I wouldn't have ever said, hey, let's produce a play. I don't know yeah. the first thing about how to do that. So, but yeah, production company, Ted and co said, yep, we want to produce it. And we had a person in the coalition who wrote her, wrote this play and uh, it's just a, a wonderful production. And um, yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been amazing in that cultural, you know, in, in the, we call it the cultural change committee. We really believe you have to change the culture to change laws and policies and you have to change laws and policies to change the culture. They need to both happen at the same time. That <laughs> I love that. I, you know, our family plays games sometimes. Is it Risk the game where you kind of like to have to take over the world and you you have? Whenever I play Risk, our, our kids like to play Risk. Whenever we play Risk, I always um, base myself out of an indigenous country or indigenous mm -hmm. land somewhere, and then I try to decolonize um, the rest. <laughs> of the indigenous I love that. And you know, there are so many colonization games. So yeah. So anyway, but so the fact that there's an actual board game and I, you're so right, right? We have to do, I mean, you know, I'm working on stuff at, at, a, at a national and political level. Um, we're both mm -hmm. writing books, and but getting, harnessing that energy of getting people to do so many things of just addressing the culture and the way we think and entertain and everything else. I, that is fantastic. I, I put the link to your website for the Coalition Dismantle the Doctrine of Discovery. Uh, Mr. Phil Fox put in a link to your podcast. Are you still doing your podcast? Yeah. I, how is how is that going? Yeah. And so um, the podcast is great. We need to have you back, Mark. We took a break um, between the second and third seasons to finish this book. So I saw that. Yeah. I started another book with my my podcast co-host Sherry Hostetler. She's also a co-founder of the coalition. There were three of us that co-founded it. And so we're writing this book together and um, looking forward to getting back into the podcast. We'll start um, producing more content um, in April. 
And so we we took a break to write the book. And, you know, I want to just also squeeze in here, Mark. You know, I really feel like the book that you wrote um, made way for for this for my book, certainly, um, and is sort of like the platform um, for some of this work. And I so appreciate that. And um, I just it's been just such a pleasure to um, to get to learn from you and and to watch, you know, the ways that you operate. And I'm so thankful for that book. And I named that book <laughs> everywhere I go to. And often people have read that one first. I mean, that's usually kind of the order in which it goes. So yeah, I yeah. appreciate it. Well, thank you. So I want to talk about this new book that you have. I'm actually going to show a link. Or, um, I'm going to show it on my screen. Um, so let me bring this up here a moment. Um, I want to show people right here. Your new book is called So That We and Our Children May Live. Um, and I'm going to put it onto the screen here. Let me make sure we have it here. Um, okay, there it is. So that we and our children may live. And tell me about this book that, that I'd love to hear about. I love the title. I love the title. I've, I've spoken with both you and, and Sherry. Um, but yeah, I'd love to hear more about this book and I know it's out for pre-order now. So I'm assuming the writing is done. Um, but I'd love to hear a bit more about what you have in this book and what's your purpose of, of read of writing this book. Yeah. And so, as I mentioned to you before, Mark, you know, the the coalition, as it was coming into existence, was really around um, resource extraction. So when you talk about colonization and this process of removing indigenous peoples from their lands, that process is really rooted in a logic of extraction, extractive logic that um, that the the world is a set of raw resources to be extracted um, in the project of perpetual growth. So for our economy to be healthy, it needs to grow um, continuously. And that um, has, has created a context where every one of our life support systems are in decline. And so in the, in the world. And so yeah. this book is really about, hey, how do we um, get back to reality so we feel like reality is um, a culture of consumption when in fact reality from an indigenous cosmology, from my indigenous cosmology is about living in, um, in balance with creation and, um, and living from a position understanding that what I do matters and I'm not the most important thing. Both of those things at the same time, right? I yeah. am I am embedded in mutual dependence with you, Mark, and with everybody else and with all of creation. And so that makes a big responsibility for me, but it also means I'm not the center of the world and I have to be attending to um, these systems that we depend on. And so that's what this book is about. It's really, it's really calling on people of faith to embrace the confidence and the hope to challenge systems of death that are actually endangering not only indigenous peoples, but all of creation. Yeah. 
I, I know from even your first book, having read that and the themes that you hit on in there, especially among uh, indigenous peoples in South America and other places around the world that are currently dealing with resource extraction and things like that, that this sounds like it's extending on some of those themes. And it, it reminds me back you know, to my father, and I may have even shared this story here before. I forget if I've told you or not, but when my father was first um, a part of the creation care committee for the Christian Reformed Church, and they were discussing how do we care better for creation. And he was the only indigenous person um, on that committee. And he said to the committee, he said, well, the reason the church, the nation, the world struggles to care for creation is because it has a doctrine of discovery. Hmm. This was back in the early, you know, like 2008, maybe 2009. Um, and they said, the committee said, well, what's the doctrine of discovery? And my dad, ever the teacher, said, look it up. <laughs> you got Google on your computer. So they Googled it. And they they were just flabbergasted at, at what it said. And that was kind of the impetus to doing the, the doctrine of discovery task force at the CRC hmm. that I was a part of. But I, I'm so glad that you're you're raising this issue and talking about this in a very sustainable way. I know um, my wife was just showing me the other day that I think the White House even now is um, making some effort to ensure that the indigenous perspective and indigenous voices are included in these in these discussions around things like climate care and and uh, and resource management and things like that. Um, so I'm very glad you're writing that. That that sounds like a great book. I did put the link where people can pre-order it um, from Harold Press if you would like to uh, support Sarah's work and and get her her uh, incredible content that she's always putting out. Um, so when is the when is the due date? When is it supposed to be released? The published date? Yeah, October um, October one is what I understand from the okay. Publisher. Yeah. So you know another thing I guess. I just want to say about that, um, Mark, is that, you know, right now, as the climate crisis is coming into focus, and there's just more sort of political activity around it and discussion, um, there is a lot of effort to lay out a green economy, like the, this alternative economy, that's going to be, um, that's going to be green, or it's going to be, um, you know, carbon neutral. And that whole notion is so um, threatening um, to many um, indigenous lands because the transition from fossil fuels to other kinds of energy production um, results in a dependence on, uh, on copper and on mm -hmm. lithium and other scarce resources. And so mineral mining is, is increasing. And so um, one of the questions that I wanna consider is how do we get out of extractive law? Because it, we just move from extracting fossil fuels to extracting something else, but the logic yeah. is the same. I'm gonna much yeah. of it as I can for regard to the cost. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's deeper issues we need to look at. And part of that is 
this capitalistic mindset of you can consume without, you know, you can always grow your consumption and everything else. We need to look at a lot of other things. When I was running for president, you know, I, I said, yeah, we have to look at sustainable. We have to look at like our fossil fuels and what are we burning and all that. We also have to recognize the American lifestyle is not sustainable, right? If we want to live better in this world, we don't just have to consume differently. We have to consume less. And of course, that's the message that a lot of people don't want to hear. Um, but if we really want to live here sustainably, especially those of us in the West and especially here in America, we have to learn how to just consume less, not consume only differently. Um, so I completely agree with you. I'm very glad you're covering that in your book and you're, you're thinking and working on those types of issues. Um, the last thing I want to bring up is uh, you're doing some work, and we've talked a little bit about uh, the Oak Flats um, in Arizona and work with the Apache uh, uh, people down there. Can you tell us some about the work that you're doing? And what I, I spoke at an Oak Flats protest here in D.C. probably about five years ago, I think it was, if I remember correctly. Um, but I know that legal struggle has been ongoing. I've been following it in the news a little bit. But if you can, you've been very invested in this. And uh, could you bring us up to speed and let, what's been going on? And what are you, what are you and the coalition you're a part of working on right now? You bet. So um, the the recent hearing of the Oak Flat case. This is in appellate court in the ninth district. I think your internet may be cutting out a little bit there, Sarah. Let's give it a second to catch up a second here. Sarah's internet may have gone out for a minute. I'm going to give it just a second um, to see if she's able to, to get back on. But... Um, yeah, I'm so grateful for the work that they're doing in Oak Flat. As I said, I haven't been involved in that much recently, but I think things are beginning coming to a head with some of the court case and some of the things that are happening regarding the lands of the Apache in Arizona. Um, I don't want to go into detail on that because I don't have all the details right in front of me, but that's definitely something that we can uh, hopefully hear more from Sarah. She may be coming back on. Right now, uh, it looks like she got disconnected there for a moment. But uh, this will be a good time to remind people, if you would like to join Sarah and I, um, after this is over, Sarah and I are going to go over to my Patreon site. And on my Patreon, we are going to do a Q&A there as part of my Ask Questions tier of my Patreon. And so if you would like to join Sarah and I for a Q&A on Patreon right after this live stream ends. I'm going to put the link for that here in my in the chat section. And um, we shall see. Uh, so you can join us there. And that will happen in just a few minutes after this ends. It looks like Sarah's internet's back up and she's here again. Sarah, you're back. Thank you. <laughs> can you hear me okay, Sarah? Yeah, I'm good. Are you able to? Yes, I can. Great. So we were just going into okay. talking about Oak so Flats. Sorry. Okay. So um, our coalition has participated in actions 
across the country, even as far away as Scotland, where we have supporters in Scotland who have been um, participating in actions and uh, walks, runs, uh, vigils, and marches in support of Oak Flat, as their case has been heard by the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals in Pasadena on Tuesday. And so yeah. they've already, they, a panel of judges heard that case um, previously. So this was an en banc hearing. So all the judges of the Ninth Circuit have taken up the case and we are prayerfully hopeful um, that um, they will serve the treaty rights and also the access rights of the San Carlos Apache to Oak Flat. Quick thing for your viewers, um, you may not know that Resolution Copper intends to absolutely decimate Oak Flat, um, just remove the mountain and, uh, and there will be a crater, it's an open pit mine that will be 10 stories deep and a mile wide. So in this sacred wow. place, um, that will be replaced by an open pit. Um, so it's it's talking. They're talking about it taking billions of gallons of of groundwater. I'm going to look here to see how many billions of gallons. Oh, two billion one hundred fifty three million two hundred twenty six thousand um, uh, kilowatt hours would need to be produced carbon to get the the water to the mine site. And it's going to take three over three billion from the California or Colorado River, and so just to get the ore to the surface. So this is in the desert, and you know who's the Colorado River. Um, a, a lot yeah. of um, municipalities, including um, Phoenix and Tucson, and so consuming three billion gallons of water just to get the ore to the surface. Um, it's amazing what they're proposing. Yeah. And I know my nation, the Navajo Nation, has a case before the Supreme Court this week. They were arguing this week regarding treaty rights and our nation's access, our Navajo Nation's access to the Colorado River, um, which goes back to a treaty even before Lincoln, I think, to a 1940 or an 1840 treaty um, stating that we have rights to those lands or to that water as well. So, yeah, I mean, this is, I'm so glad to, to get this update from you. And, um, where can, where can people go to, to help or to be a part of this or to even to learn more? Where's the best resource that they can turn to, to, to get more information about Oak Flats? Um, you can come to our webpage or our Facebook page, um, or to the strong Facebook page. They update that and they have streams there um, frequently. One thing that we can do as Christians, it's really important, is we can write um, to the editor, stand. Um, we can talk to our own communities and um, call on um, the powers of our nation and decision makers to observe the treaty rights of the San Carlos Apache and to observe. Okay, thank you. So you cut out there a little bit more towards the end. I'm gonna share this link for the Stronghold Apache um, uh, Facebook page. Um, let me just get this. In here, so yeah, if you want to, if you want to uh, see the the um, 
work that they're doing there, there's another good place to go. You can also go back to uh, the website for the Coalition to Dismantle the Doctrine of Discovery that I shared earlier, and there is um, there is some information there that you can use. Sarah, it is so good to have you on here. I, I thank you for joining me. Um, are you able? Is your audio back on again? Can you hear me okay? Oh, yeah, I hear you. Okay. Anything else you want to add here at the end? We're kind of getting to the end of our interview here. But anything else you want to say as we kind of close things up here? Unfortunately, I think Sarah's uh, internet is going up and down a little bit. Um, so she is connecting from the Yakima Reservation in Washington State. So she may have lost, we may have lost her internet once again. But uh, I'm so grateful for the time that Sarah was able to join me this morning to talk about her work. Um, if you want to support her work, you can find her online. She doesn't have a website personally, but she does have the website of the Coalition to Dismantle the Doctrine of Discovery. You can pre-order her book um, uh, that she is working on, which is uh, So That We and Our Children May Live. And you can follow her and her work on Facebook through the Coalition to Dismantle the Doctrine of Discovery. Um, <clears throat> but uh, I want to thank everyone for being here. I'm grateful that Sarah just texted me and said that her internet's down and she wasn't able to come back onto this call. But um, I'm so grateful that she was able to join me. We had a fairly good conversation here before her internet cut out a little bit. And hopefully I'll be able to have her back again sometime in the future. But if you would like to join us on the Zoom call for a, another Q&A to go more in depth to that, you can uh, subscribe to my Patreon, to the Ask Questions tier, and we will be having that Q&A probably in about 10 minutes if her internet comes back online okay. But uh, anyway, my relatives, a hat. Thank you for joining me today. I hope that your second cup of coffee was as good as mine was. And uh, I'm grateful for people like Sarah, who not only are doing tremendous work, but are actually working very hard to help us and our nation to walk in beauty. And I, it's my prayer that we may all learn how to walk in this beauty together. Ashahat and Hakonet.